This is ESP Speaks. Welcome to ESP Speaks. And Jax, I am so happy to be here with this phenomenal woman. Jax is just, I'm so tickled to have you with me, Jackie. Come on in here. I didn't know you were ticklish. <laughs> I too. <laughs> that was really corny. <laughs> hey, hey. That's how I make my living, okay? Cornball. But no, I'm really happy that um, you have extended the invitation for me to be here with another phenomenal woman such as yourself. So thank you very much. Oh. Gift to you, family, or my thought for you is that you all have relationships such as this that you can hold on to after so many years, especially women. Because you know women, we can be really catty it's a very precious thing when you have a girlfriend that you have in your life for so many years. I'm so excited to have you here. No, so, I'm excited to be here. So, Jax, you know who we have one? Actually, before we even start talking about the guest, let's talk about this week. What did this fool do this week? Well, you know fool I'm talking about. Yes, Agent Orange, $600, which honestly is not enough. He wants to raise it to 2000 per person or 4000 for a couple, which I can actually say for once, I agree because $600 is not enough. But um, he's had months to deal with this, but instead of dealing with it, he has now vetoed the bill and he's off to Mar-a-Lago and we are stuck in the muck because of it. And I feel like I feel like the only thing he's trying to do right now is make sure that the house is burned down before he's out. So 
but they had designed this these checks to be released by next week. How are they gonna fix all of this before that? What well, are they gonna fix all of this before the new year, or we have to wait till he comes back from Mara? No, no. Well, that's the problem. Nancy Pelosi is ready to call his bluff. She's like, we can do this. Let's come back in. But the problem is it was the Senate Republicans and House Republicans that did not want to give people money, period. So now you have your Republican president saying he wants to give more. So he's also making his GOP look like a bunch of knuckleheads. You have your two senators in their runoffs in Georgia Purdue has produced an ad saying how he has delivered stimulus to Georgia and Trump has just made him look like an idiot for how many times is this now? So I don't know how they're going to fix it with government shutting down. People are going on Christmas break. I don't know. Wow. Okay. And not to mention the fact that he uh, let 17 he pardoned 17 people? He pardoned more than, well, I think it was 17 plus some commutations. Uh-huh. And the worst of it is he pardoned members from Blackwater who were involved in the, yeah, in the Iraq massacre, call it what it is. Um, this country worked for decades to make sure that they were punished and now they're free scot free and so now we're getting a side eye from the world looking at us saying we really don't care about human rights and this is what agent 45 is leaving us I think the world understands that we were dealing with an idiot okay I'm sorry let me pull that back a little bit. The world understands that we were dealing with someone who was totally incapable of handling the situation and basically is a three-year-old stomping his feet like a child because he didn't win again. So he's going to do everything and anything in his power to destroy on his way out. I am just grateful that the American people saw the light and we collectively came together and fixed this situation and ratified the votes and we now have the President Biden elect and Kamala Harris coming in which is another phenomenal woman but we're going to deal with let's get to our phenomenal woman that's going to sit with us phenomenal women and um, we have today socio-activist Andrea Coleman. That's the one I was telling you that is involved heavily with NYCHA and the neighborhood and uh, helping people and really, really doing major, major work coming through this COVID situation. In fact, just this week past, she did a a drive right before Christmas for the kids. So I'm going to show you a little clip of that. Let's take a look. Hi y'all, this is Sandra Coleman. Um, I'm gonna show you an event we're doing today. Some of the toys already are gone, but we had a lot of gifts. We received a lot of gifts. Um, we had a huge line, it's still growing. A lot of toys, gift cards, um, books, Home Sizes Coalition, in partnership with uh, elected officials, Young Life is in the house. Books, books. We also have some raffle off stuff things. with Sandrea Coleman. Ladies and gentlemen, as I have said before, this is such a dynamic, dynamic presence. I have had the honor and the pleasure to not only work with her, but be around her on a personal basis. And she, as a woman, does something to my spirit. 
And this is why I wanted to share her as one of my phenomenal women this week, because she truly, truly is. So, Andrea, you look wonderful. Thank you so much and bless you. And thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity. Yes, it truly is an honor. It really is. It really is. Anytime that you get up and you mobilize to do something and put effort forward that affects other people, it's a form of activism. Mm. But let's speak to the activism that they're familiar with, because you are a powerhouse when it comes to NYCHA. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to dealing with and motivating people to protect their rights. Can you tell us, first of all, Tell us how you came to be with that type of activism. And then tell us how it affects your life and what it means to you and the lives of others around you. I know that's a big question, but when you start talking, I'd love to just let you talk because you get this flow. So I'm getting both questions out and then I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for me, and I can't speak for others, but for me, activism is ministry serving others, helping others, uh, advocating for others, you know, that's Christ-like. And I'm a Christian and I'm here to just be there for people. So I started, I've done some organizing work in the past. I've done a really huge event at my church. I believe it was like 2009. Uh, we had a Cops Care come out and it was a, a, a group of um, Sing Sing Correction Officers that came out to actually um, do a presentation for our youth. So we, you know, we're trying to help our youth. So in 2015, the NYCHA work that I'm, I'm moving forward, the NYCHA work that I'm doing, I started that right before the summer um, when in, they were gonna do an infill, it was an infill proposal, which infill is when they wanna take a piece of the land that's available or they wanna make available and build on our, our land, which they were gonna take a playground away and build a 50 story building and our buildings only go to 25. So once that hit us, I became activated. I became a real activist. Like that was my birth then. I mean, I did a lot of stuff on, via social media way before that on different stance of different things, you know, whatever that was happening, Black Lives Matter. You know, you do, you do all those hashtags and everything like that. You use your platform. But I really put my boots on the ground in 2015 and I've been doing it ever since, just advocating for funding for public housing, um, advocating for rights, uh, organizing residents and so forth. So um, that's basically, it started in 2015 and it's still going on. And it's not just um, Isaac Houses, which is my developer homes towers, it is for the city. So, and we all, you know, all of us that do this work, we try to work together near or far. So wait a minute, let me, let me get this clear. All of these things that I've seen you do within the last year and a half that I've known you okay. really just started in 2015? With public housing, yes. Okay. Yeah. Because it seems like this has been a part of your life for your entire life. I mean, I people well, don't just walk into this. You, It has to be born in you. Right. You know what? Tell us a little bit about your... your Tell us a, bit, a little bit about where you grew up and your family and okay. and let's put let's get the pieces of you. Right. So so um, I have the masses in divinity. I do still preach and I can preach um, if I'm asked to preach and bring forth the world of the world. The, oops, the word. Sorry, I can bring forth the word. I said you can word. bring forth the world too. Right, if you right, want. right. right. So he's, he's speaking. He's speaking. Um, yeah. So I still, if I'm asked, you know, to preach, I will come out and preach. But I am also just evangelizing, you know, um, and talking to people, um, praying with people publicly. I've done that. Um, train stations. You know, somebody can walk through the train and say, um, I'm money, food, prayer. Okay, I might have a dollar to give them or so forth, but I'm definitely, I, I lock, lock hands with them and I, I pray with them. And I've done it uh, many a times, numerous times on the trust subways, the bus stops. Uh, yeah, but um, I have the Masters in Divinity. Basically, I went to school because I wanted to be a little more rooted besides what you learn in church. Um, and um Quite frankly, I see you more as planning to start a 503C <laughs> and using your divinity to, to stretch out amongst the people. Because, um, you know, people don't understand that 
God makes ministers, well, he in, he endows and calls ministers and not all of them have to be in the pulpit. Some of us are in the street every day. And we're, we're what I call warrior preachers, but you seem to be a warrior preacher to me. Um, I would like to speak to you about a quote that I read in a uh, publication with regard to you. And tell me if you feel this quote matches or reflects your personality. I think it does. Sandrea Coleman, a woman of the people, meets people exactly where they are. Does that describe you in, oh, yeah. to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's me. That's me. And what does it mean to you? What does it mean? I know what it means to me. What does it mean to you that you meet people where they are? right where they are, it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter your background, your status, your race, your religion. I've talked to atheists, I've, you know, so um, different uh, religions and it's about meeting people and just conversing with them and dialoguing with them. That's how we grow. That's how we infuse these United States to really be united by communicating with one another, sharing what's different about us and, and, and understanding and just listening, right? It's, that's all it is. It's about listening. Sometimes it's not always about being the one to, to be the loudest in the room or the most talker. It's about having that conversation, that give and take. And I meet people where they are. And I, I've, I've made friends. I've made some enemies. But some of my enemies have become my friends again. And when I say friends, I don't say, mean friend like friend, friend. They're associates, people I know. You know, I do have mm -hmm. one best friend. Um, and besides, Jesus is my friend, but <laughs> of course I love him, but um, yeah, so. <laughs> so now let's go back a little further. Okay. You spent quite a number of years with the NYPD. Mm -hmm. Are you, can you, are you able to talk about that period in your life? I mean, I know there are certain rules and regulations yeah. as to how you can speak about that in environment but can you speak about that yes okay um, why before you start there's a reason as to why I ask can you speak because I know what your capacity was and I'd like you to tell our audience what your capacity was but I also would like to hear your thoughts on a phrase that's being thrown around by a lot of activists lately defunding the police so if you will Tell us what your capacity was and your connection to NYPD, and then tell us your thoughts on that phrase and how we should, you feel that we should be looking at it and what, what is that extra piece of information that we need to better understand it? Because it's a confusing statement. Mm -hmm. It's very open. So, um, and I give you the floor on that. Okay, so I came on a job, and you said that's the jargon, the job, NYPD, uh, September, uh, 8th of 1992 and I was a police administrative aide. I eventually became, I, I was promoted. I took a test um, and was promoted to a senior police administrative aide, which made me a supervisor. I was a supervisor of payroll. So yes, I am an activist and that is something I say. So I was a payroll supervisor and a lot of people, it's about following the money. Mm. <laughs> Do they, can they work without a billion dollars or two to billion dollars? One, one billion or two billion dollar cut? Absolutely, yes. I was a payroll supervisor. I know the waste. And that's the one thing. So defunding them. Defunding does not mean that uh, they will not get a paycheck. Defunding does not mean that people are going to get fired. Defunding just means reallocating the funds to another source. Mm. And when you push it into a source, rather it be a community center, public, you take public housing, for example, a lot of our community centers are either privatized or closed. You open these avenues, these uh, entities up for our youth and they won't have time to get in trouble. You know, you have to give them something, you know, or even mm -hmm. just other, other entities, just putting the money somewhere else to drive down the crime, to give them a leg up, to give them an opportunity. That's what it's about. Put it in social services, mental health, wherever, other, just anywhere else and put it, they can manage. And, and trust me, they can manage because there's a lot of waste and overtime. So what would you say is the, the reasoning behind 
why the police, I know this might sound like a silly question, but to me, it's a valid question. Why are the police so upset with us putting the money where it was originally earmarked to go to begin with? to public usage, as opposed to taking it out of their overtime pay, because that's really what they're arguing about. They're, they're making us believe that we're taking money out of their mouths. When we are really fighting about the money that's been allocated for things that were developed for public interest to begin with. Am I correct in making that statement? Yes, yes, 100%. You know, and there's a lot of federal funding that comes beyond the budget that people don't even really look at. So when we look at the billions of dollars that are allocated and given to the New York City Police Department, there's also other funding. I, I recall working when different funding came in and they had to use it immediately. If they Give me an example it. of that. So Give me a specific. The government sent some money for training, terrorism training or something, some type of training. So they would have to go to the training and they would go on their days off. It's called the RDO, the regular day off. So they would go on their regular day off and get eight hours or so overtime. Does that make sense? It's wasteful, but they yeah. had to spend the money. So yeah, it, it's, a, it's a lot of waste. Even, you know, you hear collars for dollars, um, the white shields, which white shields are um, uniform members, the ones that are in the uniform, they call them white shields. If you see them, um, they, if they make an arrest, like right before their tour is ending, which is the end of tour, their time, or to, you know, they get ready to clock out. If they make it 20 minutes or half an hour, they can make overtime. So mm -hmm. that's collars for dollars. Detectives do it too. I supervised payroll and I was part of the detective bureau in Manhattan, in Manhattan North Detective Operations. And I had a lot of friends, but when I was vocal about things, I lost some, but it is what it is. If you are, if you do an eight to four as a detective, right? And you have someone coming in to be arrested, but you tell them to come in at three o'clock or three thirty. What mm -hmm. is that? What is that? That's overtime. That's overtime. Wow. Yeah. It's a scam, scam, flam, whatever you want to call it. It happens. It exists. Um, everybody has access. Only one doesn't get overtime or above is captains and above. They get time because they don't receive mm -hmm. cash overtime. Captains and above. So they get time, but then they could sit home for two or three years, uh, just exhausting their time, running their time out because they have so much time on the books, mm. so, which that's not a problem. They earned that. They earned that. They earned it. It's their time. But yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are sitting here talking to social activist Sandrea Coleman. Keep in mind, if you can't watch us live on uh, Facebook or YouTube or Periscope or Twitch, because that's how you're seeing us right now. If you can't watch us on any of those platforms, you can catch us later on Facebook. Once again, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, tune in, Anchor Podcast, Breaker Radio, Public Twitch, Stitch, Overcast, Pocket Cast. Did I give you enough? You can watch us again. It's okay. Because you know what? This is a lot of information. And we realize sometimes you got to take things in pieces to make it stick. So we're there for you. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and come back and have our continuing conversation with Andrea Coleman. We'll see you in a minute. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Yay! Happy birthday! I know she ain't about to. Oh my goodness. Please don't do that. Uh uh. <laughs> That's not right. No bueno. No cake for me. Yes. Fan of cake is a cool new sanitary way to blow out the candles on your cake. I love my fan of cake. Fan of cake. Rock. I want some cake. That's cool. Get yours today at fanacake.com. Welcome back to ESP Speaks and Jack. I am ready to get back into this phenomenal interview with this phenomenal woman, Shandrea Coleman. 
thankful because I've been dying to hear the story behind Sandria Coleman because every time I get to talk with her, it's always about some community activism or something happening with NYCHA or the neighborhood, but we never got a chance to just sit down and really speak about the person behind all of this. So I'm very grateful for this. Before we bring her back, though, I want to tell you two things. Number one, Sandrea has a radio show um, where she is on WRN, and uh, this is the Sandrea Coleman show, and uh, that's a praise show, so that's more of a personal interest if you want to hear her on the evangelistic side. I think you should tune in, but here's a biggie. She's also on a show called One Night Show. This show comes on at four o'clock every Sunday. And what it does, it was designed to address all the issues of the tenants that are in NYCHA housing. So rather than them be spread out amongst all of these different buildings, having their complaints and fighting to be heard on an individual basis, it was designed where they could all come together under one roof and voice themselves at one time through this collective show called One Nigel. As I said, she's a co-host. Now this Sunday, which is the 27th, they're doing something quite inter interesting. They're going on Zoom and they would like minimal 20 tenants from NYCHA to email them because they want to give you a voice and they want you to speak out. I just want to make sure that this was said. I'm, so I'm sure Sandra is going to tell us more about it, but I wanted to make sure that I gave it a clear platform and said what they were going to do. So all you NYCHA listeners that are listening right now, get your email, get your proper email address together, not the one that says Divine Mama, a hot mama 67. We don't want to hear from that email address. We, <laughs> we want to hear from a proper email address. And she's going to tell you what to do. Now to everybody else with non-NYCHA, I really want you to listen to the show because this show is fabulous. It's dynamic. It has um, guests that they invite from all over the cities. I mean, they have like uh, from Chicago, Chicago, they had Reverend Gregory Seals. They had, um, it's a list of people. I couldn't even begin to go through the list. Um, they've got, they had Joycelyn Taylor, who's running for mayor. They had um, the basketball star. You know what? Here, I'm going to let her tell you about it. I'm going to bring her back in in a second. Just want to give you those final points. We're going to come back and speak with Sandrea Coleman right now. And I want to speak with you, Sandrea, about the Holmes Tower situation. Because this was the situation that made you really who you are. So come on back in and talk to us about the home Isaac situation in 2015 that knocked the socks off of the daily newspaper and the rest of the city. Come on back, girl. Yes, yes. Um, yes, it was October of 2015. Uh, we were, NYCHA actually had, have they have to engage with the residents so they had a big meeting at our community center and it was well over 200 people in there a lot of reporters but they wouldn't allow us to speak they wouldn't allow us to say a word we just were supposed to come and listen and that's not how you engage people it's supposed to be a give and take so we realized that they weren't going to let us speak then they started saying oh you could write your question on a piece of paper no that we want to we, we want to stand up like at any other meeting and, you know, have a speak, say what we need to say. So they didn't let us do it. I said a few words out loud. Someone else, one of my other comrades blew a whistle and I let over a hundred plus tenants, close to 200 people out of that room, the walkout. And it was huge. Daily News was there. Police even met us outside, but nothing happened. But just, just the noise of us just leaving that space I tell you what, when NYCHA did come back to engage with us, they were letting us speak then, the next time. Girl, I'm scared of you. But can I just, How? can I add one little thing? Yes, I was waiting, please. I was waiting for 
two bedrooms. I was in a one bedroom for 23 years. The next day after I led the walkout, I received the transfer I was waiting for, for two <laughs> bedrooms to Isaac House. So I took it. I took it. Yes, I did. They thought I wasn't going to fight. I took it and fought on the other side because we're all on the same campus, five buildings. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't stupid. No. Yes, I'm taking it. Thank they you. They tried to me. That's what they tried to do. And Keep oh, going. by the way, I'm going to continue making trouble. Yes, good but trouble. Good trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. That's my girl. You see, we're afraid. As a people, we're afraid. We sit there, we listen to what they have to say, we check the boxes and we keep it moving. But every once in a while, there's a woman or a man like you that comes along that says, mm -mm, that don't sound right. Let's go. Yeah. Well, thank goodness that you said, let's go that day, because that started a whole different life for you from this. And I'm so grateful. I'm so glad. Amazing. So let now, things like now the UES for BLM have grown out of situations like this. You want to tell us a little bit about that association? Because that's another powerhouse movement there. Yes, I am one of the organizers, the only Black organizer at this time. Uh, with UES for BLM, which is the Upper East Side for Black Lives Matter. We meet at Carl Schutz Park nightly at 7 p.m. And we, we've been meeting since June 2nd. So we today will be our 200, and, well, I'm not even going to say what day it is, but we're over 200 days. Last, last Friday was our 200th day. Hold on a second. I got to go back because you said something that really struck me there. Okay. The Black Lives Matter movement... Mm -hmm. in the Upper East Side mm -hmm. has only one Black organizer? Yeah. Help me understand that one. It's just the demographics of... It's, it's at Carl Schutz Park. Um, a lot of people do know it's there. A lot of people don't know it's there. Um, and basically, uh, I believe I was the second. It was another guy way before me. I, I started... Uh, part of the organizing work in July, although mm -hmm. I was active in June. I was physically there the first day. I was a key speaker the first couple of days and getting speakers. So I was doing a lot of the work as an organizer, but not with the title. So I became an organizer. But yes, um, it's it's just the demographics of the area and... Just don't get me wrong. I'll take it how I can get it. I just don't understand it because it's not like we're not living up there. Exactly. Exactly. We're there. Yeah. I mean. So go ahead. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's not always easy to become an organizer, right? You need to be present. It's a lot of work. You know, this is not paid work. You know, it's, it's service. So you really would have to be involved and say we did have. Um, two other ones before with myself. So it was three at one time. And, and so it was five organizers. So it was three Blacks at one time later on, like in the summer somewhat. But they, um, one went back to Texas and one just stopped, you know, doing it. This is a, this is a long ride. It's not a, it's not a, a, a moment. It's a movement. I understand and that. Really and I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you here. I'm trying uh -huh. to actually put some platform underneath right. your platform because here's where we are lacking as a people. Leadership, yeah. It's Black Lives Matter. I hear you. I hear you defending. I hear you. And this is the spirit that I love you for. But once again, I come back to this. It's Black Lives Matter. We're dealing with a people who consistently say they ain't got nothing for us and nobody wants to do anything for us. Here's something for you. And the majority of people who are involved in it are white. Yeah. It's Black Lives Matter. So I now challenge, because I know you have people, you have a following, and I know you have people listening to this broadcast. I challenge all of you to get behind her to help with this situation because black lives matter. You're painting it on the streets, you're putting it on signs. It does not matter if you're not doing anything about it. Just walking does not 
fulfill the whole category of what needs to be done. We need to have more representation. We need to have people backing this sister in this effort. So I'm sorry, sis. I just get passionate and you know I get real passionate when it comes to you. Better you saying it than me. (laughs) But yeah, it is. um... I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? It, 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 you know what? It's funny you say that because I, I, I won't call out a reporter's name, but a reporter had did an interview and he wrote up on the other organizer. He didn't write. He wrote, he interviewed us both, and he didn't interview. He interviewed us both, but he didn't do a write up on me. And I seen him at another event, and I checked him on that. I said, you know, I'm the only black organizer there. You spoke to two organizers, and you only gave one voice. I said, this is part of media, and that's a problem. Oh, now he fixed, he fixed up what he wrote, rewrote it, sent DM me, said, I, you know, and now if he see me, because he's done work with me before in my community. So how mm. did you not, why interview me if you're not going to at least put something in there that I said, you know, so that's disheartening. Now that, now, now you got me fired up, sister. <laughs> Good. Problematic for me. Yeah. Because so, here, here's the thing, Sandrea, here's the thing. And I'm very passionate about this, but I, I, I don't find myself engaging with the thought process often enough. Mm-hmm. There is a flock of people that marches, and I have video of the marches. Actually, I did a video that I ran in the beginning, and it has a couple of the marches where the demographic in the marches tends to be more towards the Caucasian side. And listen, I'm glad for the help. I'm glad they are waking up. I'm glad that they're marching with us. But here is the thing. Nothing becomes relevant until it disturbs them, until they get a clarity on it. Then it becomes an issue, and then our marching makes a difference. Then our efforts make a difference. You understand what I'm saying when I'm saying this? We got to wait for other people to chime in on our bag wagon and give us some sort of legitimacy before we actually become legitimate. Case in point, how many times have you had or heard of a Black association that is not directly attached to something else that has to give it steam to move along like black and hispanic or black and such why are we always black and why can't we just be black and move through so now i don't want to get too far off the point because i can get really charged up on this Because let's be honest, our brothers and sisters, we get together, we talk, 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 talk. But when it comes time to do, 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 you look around, ain't nobody there. This time around, we're dealing with a flock of people who are feeling (sighs) generational guilt. And I'm I'm grateful for that. I could do a whole show on generational guilt in itself. In fact, I did do a show a couple of weeks ago with uh, Shay Johnson. He's he's a psychologist who was talking about the generational guilt of of racism and of um, slavery ingrained in our DNA. So we are feeling we may not have been whipped at the at the pole like our ancestors but because of the the genetics and how it's been ingrained the suffering has come through the bloodline of our dna we feel it today in a different way an echo of it but we nonetheless feel it but we are in the day where we have the power to do something about it right okay So now all of these Caucasians and other sectors of people who recognize how the Black community has been mistreated for so many years is willing to help and expects us to educate them on helping us and changing the dynamic. It's great. I don't want to sound ungrateful. I don't want to sound like we're pushing them away. I'm recognizing them and I'm saying it's great, but I'm talking to the brothers and sisters who are sitting in the background still not doing anything. Yeah. One other point is that the movement, and that's what anyone, and one of our, I'll shout out Akeem. He was one of our uh, organizers that went back to Texas. Um, He basically was like, 
women should lead, black women should lead, you know, and black should lead, you know, pretty much. I don't, I'm not really quoting it probably like he said, but you know, the way the movement should, you know, be led. Even on our hundredth day, um, we wanted a black person to be the MC for that day. Mm -hmm. And you know, that was, that it was a lot going on to, to get that. But I wind up, um, cause it was the lady that was scheduled that day was a sister but she wasn't going to MC, So I wind up MCing. And on the 200th day, I was able to MC because it was my night to MC. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so those big days and things like that, it should be a black face in front. You know, I appreciate all, you know, the comrades that are out there um, supporting and, and going forth, but they also have to hear us. Definitely. They have to hear us because we have different perspectives. We have different, I'm in the skin. And I, I say that to the reporters too. I'm in this skin. I have to live in this skin. Exactly. Exactly. I can't shed this. Not that I would because it's beautiful. I mean, I look in the mirror and I'm, we're gorgeous and we're teaching our young ladies to, to be gorgeous and think of themselves as gorgeous and appreciate who we are. <sighs> Girl, fight the fight. I'm with you. I'm with you. And on that note, thank you for letting me get that off my chest because I don't often get the forum to do so. <laughs> I appreciate you. But let's move into something else that is dear and close and near to my heart because you tickle me when it comes to the seniors. You did something so beautiful with this voting with this crazy man that we had in office who didn't want us to get out there and make those votes. And you went and got all of the elderly people and put them on buses. T tell me about that. I'm a, I gotta step back because this made me cry, girl. Go ahead. The seniors to the polls is yeah. what you called it. Seniors, it was an initiative called Seniors to the Polls. I'm a member of um, East Harlem Democratic Club and uh, one of the board members there, we had a meeting and we had a social distance meeting there and right before the election and she was actually able to get buses to the different developments and our early voting site was further, it wasn't like at our main site, which nobody's early voting site is really at their main site. So I signed up and then I met, I partnered with, um, it was called Solutions Now and the Isaac Center, of course, and the Holmes Isaacs Coalition. And we were able to have nice, um, like, I don't know if they were Mercedes buses, but they were really nice buses, small buses, um, several, pa like a 20 passenger bus, but, you know, we had to social distance, so we probably had 10 or so on there. And we were able to take uh, seniors to the polls, and it was raining. Yes, girl, you had Mercedes Benz Sprinters. I saw I, the filmage. Sure yes, they were lovely. It might have been, but I'm not sure. They were nice. They were nice buses, though, leather seats and everything. But um, it was just nice <laughs> to be a part of that initiative and get them to the polls, take them in, bring them out. And it was raining that day. It was raining, mm. so we had a nine o'clock shit, a nine o'clock um, run, and then we had a one o'clock run and our four o'clock run that we had scheduled, we had to, um, we, we passed on that one because we were able to fulfill everything. Yeah. And they went and they were safe and they had PPE and, and she gives out PPE. I don't want to forget yeah. that because you do so much for the community. In yeah. fact, I, before we, before we run out of time, cause you know, when you and I get talking, forget about it. Of course. Of course. <laughs> You see me, got you got me riled up and you know I don't talk like that. Girl, um, I want to make sure that we talk about all of the things that the community members can tap into. You also do a voter registration. You do a voter support. You did the census support. Um, what else? You got a couple of things coming up for the last week in... in um, in December, the last week of 2020, you just did the, the kids drive, the toy drive. Yes. And that was fabulous. That was amazing. Yes. Um, is there anything that, uh, that the public can tap into through you? Because I know a lot of people still are, are uh, food deprived and, and, and need help with getting in touch with Congress people or whatever person that they need to get in contact with in their neighborhood for help. And I know, I know that you have that access. So how do we get in touch with you 
And what are, what else are we doing to tie up this year before we lose time? Well, I mean, should I give what my handles and they can DM me or? Sure. Oh, okay. So Facebook, I'm on Facebook, Sandrea Coleman, S-A-U-N-D-R-E-A Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N. Um, then I'm, I also have a public page, which is Sandrea I. Coleman with my middle initial, which I use for my professional purposes, and I still use. I'm on Twitter, evangelist underscore SC, and you could also find me there, Sandria Coleman. It'll pull up either way. And I'm on Instagram, IG, Sandria Coleman. So, um, but basically, I would just tell people I'm, you definitely can get in touch with me. I'm connected throughout the city, um, but you can also tap into your local officials, your city council member, your assembly member. Um, remember that they work for you. You don't work for them. And you can call their office. They have constituent services. And I advise you to look them up, look them up on a directory or, you know, through 311. There's, there's several ways to tap in via email, if you go online. And also your community board is a source. I'm a community board member, but your community board is also a source um, that can help you with things as well. So there's a lot of... Um, initiatives out there there's a lot of let make these elected officials work for you um you also have district leaders find out who your district leader is they can actually assist you with some things as well but with that said and if you don't get anything done or you don't know how reach out to me i'll do something over the phone with you or email for you cc you in it whatever i need to do to get you in touch um your, your borough presidents are important too so yeah so there's a there's a lot of resources out there and people that you could connect to and if you need help they're there, utilize them. They're elected officials, our tax dollars are paying their salary. Remember once again, they work for you. It's not the other way around. Hold them accountable. And I'm gonna put all of this information on our fan page and we'll also put it in the chat that we're in right now. I'll also put it at the end of the broadcast. So when you rebroadcast, you'll be able to get that information as well. And if all else fails, you know that you can find ESP and she will put you in touch with whom you need to go be in touch with, which in this case would be Sandrea Coleman. So what are we going to do for Christmas this year, guys? I will be collecting mm -hmm. my gifts from each of you. Ooh, ain't nobody buying you nothing. Well, better. well no, I no. have a date with the elf on the shelf, and we're going to find a Christmas pickle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you chicks, but I know what I'm going to do. What, what you going to do? Check it. Hark, how the bells, sweet silver bells, Wait, all seem to say, throw cares away. Christmas ding is here, breaking good cheer to young and old, me and the bold ding dong, ding dong, that is the song with joyful ring, all caroling. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how they pound, raising the sound, or hear the tell, telling the tale. Gaily they ring while people sing songs of good cheer. Christmas is here. Merry, merry, merry Christmas. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. On, on the send, on without end. Their joyful song to every home. Ding, dong, ding, dong. That is a song with joyful ring. All caroling. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you guys. Ding, dong, ding, dong. <laughs> Leave it to Y'all, can y'all believe Scrooge started that song? Wait a minute, what? Yes. Yes. Scrooge, honey? I'm impressed. This is why we can never have, we can't even have a good Christmas Wait, moment. Wait, you know, I'm in a manger with you, Here we go. Welcome back once again to ESP Speaks and Jack. Now, ESP, you got to tell me what do we have coming up for next week? Well, Jax, you know we're going to continue with our Phenomenal Woman series, but I think I'm going to keep it quiet as to who this Phenomenal Woman is. So you got to do what you normally do. You got to chime in during the week. You got to check the boards. You have to answer the poll question. 
because that's going to be very important this week. And then when you tune in on Saturday, we're going to have a blast. I guarantee you. Sounds good. I look forward to it. The conversation. You're fabulous. It's wonderful. And thank you so much for being here with us. Is there anything else that you want to drop in that's happening with you? One last thing, and I'm going to say it, and I know we're ending. New show, 2021. Oh, yes. Justice, Justice, Politics, and Restitution with Sandra I. Coleman. And you are my executive producer. Wow, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You heard it here first. That's it. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Sandra, it's been a joy. Thank you so much for gracing us. Thank you guys for staying with us for another episode of ESP and Jax. And thank you for keeping our numbers up because we hit over 35,000 this week. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it. Just keep doing it. We're looking at the end of the year. And I want to take a moment just to say 2021, we all know, was a hell of a year. I know I lost several family members. I lost a flock of friends. And I spoke to a lot of you who called in, who texted in, who chimed in, and you shared with us your loss, and we grieved with you. We went through homeschooling. We went through loss of jobs. We went through so much in 2021. In 2020, but I'm sorry, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to 2021 so badly. I'm pushing it into the conversation already. <laughs> Speaking in existence, it's a new year. That's right. That's right. Because I don't think I'm going to have another. This is the 26th, so we're not going to have another show. I'm not going to see you in, unless I do a special show, which I just might. You might see me pop in before the new year. But I just wanted to take the time and tell you how much I appreciate you as an audience how much I appreciate you supporting what it is that we do and sending ideas in and just caring and living and sharing with us. You've been amazing. You've kept me going. And I thank you so much. And before I get sappy, because you know me, I can cry at the drop of a pin. I want to say thank you again to Sandrea Coleman. And you know what I'm going to say. I say it every week. Yes. Be positive. Test negative. We'll see you next time on ESCC and Jack.